Hi, everyone, and welcome to Retail Recorded. I'm your host, Angie Solanke, National Director of Retail Services in the U.S. for Colliers International. So today we have the pleasure of having Grant Gittinger join us from WellBiz Brands. So we're excited to hear about Grant's story around WellBiz Brands, the brands that they have within their under their umbrella, and all things in terms of how they are maneuvering through this really interesting time of COVID and the lockdown. So Grant, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Angie. I appreciate the opportunity. Really, really am appreciative to be here and uh, excited to be talking to you. So Grant, tell us a little bit about WellBiz Brands. I know there's multiple brands under this umbrella. Sure. So WellBiz Brands is a portfolio of franchise companies. Uh, Amazing Lash Studios, Elements Massage, and Fitness Together. And I'll tell you a little bit about each of them. Um, Amazing Lash Studios is a, a category leader, private one-on-one service, uh, fully dedicated innovation team um, with uh, industry-leading research and, uh, and product improvement. Um, we even have a, uh, a pretty neat mechanism that's helping right now that we're rolling out, which is an online lash simulator to help people realize what, uh, what type of uh, uh, eyelash um, they are looking for before they even come in um, to the studio. Uh, Elements Massage is a private therapeutic massage. It's a focused business with um, you know, exceptional best-in-class licensed massage therapists. Um, it's an easier appeal to property owners um, simply because it is a very straightforward business model. We don't do um, other services outside of therapeutic massage. And then Fitness Together is a private one-on-one personal training um, fitness brand, generally anywhere between you know, 15 and 2,000 square feet. Uh, we have two to three uh, personal training uh, rooms in each one of our facilities, and it's customized to each client, um, you know, based on whatever their desired outcome is. For many, it's, it's a way to hyper-focus away from the crowded, large to you know, mid-box fitness operator. Um, Amazing Lash has about 250 locations, same with Elements Massage. Fitness Together is about 150, and all three brands are coast-to-coast. Grant, that's really interesting. So, you know, every state, city, county has a different mandate as it relates to shelter-in-place requirements. So how has uh, the brands developed their go-forward strategy um, uh, as it relates to that from a timing perspective? How has the franchisees adopted uh, the different uh, strategies and, and, and or playbooks you've put together? Can you share some insights around that because it's a lot of stop and goes. Sure, so um, it's been tough uh, for I think everybody in retail. Um, you know, we, we have brands throughout the United States and um, many of our locations, by example, California, are dealing with more of an uphill battle than in other, uh, other states, other municipalities. Um, at the very beginning of this, uh, I think WellBiz did a really, really good job most all of our operators would say that we were overly communicative, trying to figure out how one brand could support the other in the learnings that we had in different markets where maybe Amazing Lash had 10 locations and Fitness Together had one or Elements Massage had one. Um, you know, we all united each of our departments to try to put together our toolkits. That's um, what we called it, which was the, the go forward playbook uh, for how to adapt to this environment. And, you know, 
like many brands in real estate, we have tackled deferments, abatements, utilizing security deposits, to offset rental obligations to try to free up cash on hand. The challenge, I think, for a lot of retailers in this environment is, is just that, needing to spend continuously on the promotion of your business, um, the viability of your staff, the culture of your staff, the health of your staff, um, to be able to deliver the service that is needed in each market. And in some markets, you're limited based on uh, you know, a variety of factors that municipalities um, have imposed in terms of social distancing. And I think it's something that actually we're pretty lucky to have. If you look at, by example, Amazing Lash, we're in a sea of competition that has an open floor plan. And the brand itself um, you know, has uh, private suites. You know, it, it's been the, the model since day one, which is um, an environment exclusive of other people. Um, completely dedicated to the client. And when you talk about social distancing and, and the safety of uh, consumers amidst this pandemic, um, they're more, I think, more able to provide that um, than some of their competition. Um, and that's, that can be said for Elements of Massage Fitness together. All three of our brands focus on um, private one-on-one um, treatment. So you're saying basically your footprint, your layout and format is well positioned uh, moving forward, because there's little capital that needs to be invested in order to get it to what we'll call a social distance slash safety kind of comfort level for people. Yeah, I think a, a lot of people like me have been trying to figure out how to re-engineer, how to rejigger and tweak what it is that their pipeline is going to look like when they come out of this. We don't know the ramifications. We don't know how long it's going to be that uh, occupancy is going to play a role in what your top line looks like. And, um, and we have been, despite the fact that we have um, private service, um, we have been looking at various ways of freeing up clogged areas, by example, um, and ensuring that the separation of even our treatment rooms and the separation of our front of house and even back of house for the people that work for us um, meets, for the most part, some level of safety guideline that's above and beyond what it was yesterday. So Grant, um, you know, as you start to collect feedback, um, you start to look at your, your format and footprint. Do you think that uh, you, you know, WellBiz may consider reevaluating uh, the size of the space and either shrink or actually maybe even go even larger based on the, the, what, the insights you're going to collect? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, in the last year, in the last two years, we've taken a hard look at um, real estate attributes against you know, psychographics, demographics, top lines, um, and, and, and how our stores fare based on markets and um, varying levels of attributes. And we've, we've really had a reality check to come down on efficiency and size. I think a lot of brands have. Some have done it because rents and, and costs to build are, are, have been classically really high in the last decade. Um, but we found a pretty good balance even before COVID with what it is that we believe per studio should have on a room count to maximize operational efficiency. Um, but like I said, we are looking at it right now. We have an in-house uh, head of design um, and she has done a wonderful job thus far, um, especially with those in our pipeline, because it's something that's important in, in every conversation in the leases that we're negotiating right now. And so taking it a step further, are you doing any surveys with your customers to solicit feedback, um, likes, dislikes, et cetera, really staying in front of your clients to maintain or increase loyalty? Yeah, the, the two big 
um, words are journey and experience, the customer journey and the customer experience. Um, you know, as Wellvis has been very communicative to its, the brands that it supports, each of the brands has been super communicative, not just to the franchise store owners, but um, to the customers themselves. And the franchise store owners have done a wonderful job in, I think, probably even over communicating where they are in relation to being able to provide service. Um, and where they are in relation to adhering to municipal guidelines. Um, so, you know, we have done a tremendous amount of customer surveys, feedbacks, um, experience uh, types of surveys. Um, our president and CEO gave a, a review today and highlighted um, just how far we've come since the beginning of COVID as we've re-stabilized units um, and what the customer's feedback is. And for the most part, it's, it's the fact that we can't service the needs especially in the therapeutic massage uh, space. Same with uh, Amazing Lash Studios. The fact that we, we didn't have an open floor plan does also limit the amount of services um, that can uh, sometimes be done, but the quality of those services um, uh, has shown through to be something that has kept our client base with us. And that can be said for Fitness Together as well. You know, we, we have generally two to three rooms um, and the clients uh, expect a certain level of professionalism. You know, we've seen innovation. Um, we've been very surprised with personal fitness and the amount of people that have continued to conduct themselves with us virtually through this. Um, and, you know, that's a good thing to bring up. Our small footprint fitness studios, which generally don't have more than a handful of people at any one time, um, in some states we were lumped in with big fitness and we couldn't operate. And we had to... Um, we had to expand on something we already created. And I think you've seen that in some retail. You've seen it in pizza delivery. You've seen it in other aspects of retail where people that had delivery, people that had mobile social interaction and service-based products, um, they're surviving through this. People that had to create it, they're the ones that are having a hard time because their customer base, their clients aren't used to the, the experience. Right, and I think you made a really good point. I mean, um, you know, I, I've completely converted over virtual yoga and virtual Pilates, so it makes sense. Now, do you feel though that um, with this, you know, you had to pivot, that it wasn't a choice um, from the fitness perspective. Do you, what do you think? Do you think, you know, you, the um, majority of your customers are gonna have maybe a balance between doing virtual as well as once, you know, we're ready to go back to gyms, go back to the fitness center itself? Our CEO for Fitness Together just said that, actually, um, that one of the positive things that's come from this is the fact that our clients have actually taken to online, um, and we think it's going to result in more services, healthier clientele, people that are happier, more engaged, and more apt to spread the word of the brand. And then, so with that, do you feel um, you'll start to see, like you said, there'll be more, more services, so maybe even more merchandise that could um, benefit your customers that can be picked up, you know, at the, at the site or even look at a subscription model? Yeah, I mean, most of our Amazing Lash Studios and Elements Massage are a member-based model. Um, fitness Together can be a little bit of a hybrid. Um, don't necessarily have to go too much into the details. We don't have a lot of retail offering. Uh, the bulk of what it is that we do is service. It's a bit of the intangible. Um, we do have some retail and, and ancillary sales. Um, but, you know, I, I think as a whole, the industry, like what you're talking about, curbside pickup, um, you know, restaurants shifting from 30 to 80% of online ordering or some of the percentages that I've seen. And even, you know, that being a plug for, plug for better rewards, 
and member-based platforms in non-traditional retail that's not used to member-based platforms is going to be a real benefit to those that can that have figured it out. Um, yeah. yeah, and I mean, so you guys are still really active in terms of new new sites, new deals. Tell us a little bit about you know the expansion. Is it, or you know, is your strategy uh, through end of twenty twenty one? Has it? Um, it's, it hasn't stalled, which I think is excellent. But are, have you reduced maybe the number of stores you're looking to expand by 20, 30, 40 percent? So I think we've been hit pretty hard in terms of how many we think we're going to open this year. We're really hoping to hit 65 unit openings across our brands. And here's the good news. Um, even though we're not going to hit that number this year, it's not like they've gone away. So what we've seen is a tremendous amount of our pipeline shift into next year. Um, a, a lot of deals that were otherwise, because there were a few that were lost in lease negotiations, that were lost amid COVID, um, because uh, we could not find the middle ground, like I think we have been able to most recently, uh, when it comes to COVID-related language and, and things to get both parties comfortable in opening in this environment. Um, you know, we haven't seen our licensees because that's what we do. We have we have franchise store owners who who sign up to develop stores through licenses. Um, uh, we haven't seen them go away. Uh, we've just seen development push, and that's been the thing that we worried most about. We worried that because all the capital that's required to keep stores open, all the capital that you think would have gone into store number two or store number three, maybe going into the existing portfolio that they have. We're still in site selection. We're still negotiating LOIs. We still have a number of deals and lease negotiations. And I got to tell you, with every week that goes by, especially for the last four to six weeks, we've seen positive momentum, even in franchise sales, you know, the beginning of the pipeline um, and lease executions. People are finally starting to find a middle ground here. Uh, not always, but it's encouraging. I, and that's that's really wonderful to hear. And it's great to hear how your franchisees are, you know, uh, look, being quite positive and uh, looking at this um, as an opportunity and that it is a sustainable service that's being offered. Yeah, and I, I'd be happy for anyone that hears this. Um, and I appreciate everyone's patience because I was a little rocky to begin with, but you, anyone that, that listens can always send an email to realestate at wellbizbrands.com. It goes to me and my team. And we are more than happy to connect to brokers in every market, landlords, have continued dialogue from what you're talking about today, because it's important, it is so important that we as an industry unite, support each other, help each other, especially those that are in the unfortunate situation of not having a job. We need to unite around those people, support those people, and support our business. I completely agree. I mean, partnership is so key and critical to what we're doing. And to your point, this is not a tenant issue. It's not a landlord issue. It's an issue everyone is dealing with, including the employees. So this is a great opportunity to evaluate your current locations to see if there's opportunities to actually improve the site location if one, it makes economic sense um, to relocate and or downsize. Uh, so how have you addressed that portfolio review or portfolio optimization? So before this all began, we had really done, a, um, I think the whole team did a great job of establishing portfolio reviews. Um, we have an internal GIS platform where we have overlaid different trade areas based on the brand that we think um, should be developed. 
um, it's sort of an alignment. It's a cross alignment department. It's a cross department alignment mechanism between franchise sales and real estate. And as part of it, we incorporated the portfolios of over 30 landlords um, in the country. And we continue to add to it so that when we populate a potential franchise license being sold in the territory or someone looking to add an additional unit, we already know to call ABC Real Estate Investment Trust or local regional real estate landlord. Um, we've had a lot of dialogue with owners. We've been very active through this whole process to let people know that um, you know we're here, we're developing. Um, in some markets, it's slower than others, but we're, we're still thriving and surviving. Um, so yes, no, we have been very active. I think anyone who's not active on the portfolio front, um, it's a shame because there's a tremendous amount of volatility in the markets right now. We don't know who's going to survive through fourth quarter, right? Um, we don't, I, I'm personally of the mindset that I think retail space is going to have a little bit of a give back um, Q4. And I think the opportunities ahead of brands like ours that are a little more destination focused is to absolutely elevate to a space. Um, not that we weren't taking quote unquote, what we term a space before, um, but at a much more reasonable rental and even the space that makes us successful today at a much more reasonable rental. Final question for the podcast is if you could pick any superhero that's tied to retail in some way, what, the, what would that superhero be or look like? And it could be a made up superhero. All right, so you're not asking for me to tell you that like Gar Herring is my superhero, generally speaking, for my time in Texas. You're looking for an. <laughs> I say go for it. Go for it. Uh, my my favorite superhero in, in, in this time. Uh, well, considering the fact that my, my three-year-old son only wears Captain America clothes, um, if there was a Captain America in retail, it would be Captain America. Our house is themed Captain America. Um, no, I mean, the superheroes right now need to be the people that, pick up the phone and call their friends that they haven't spoken with in five years. Um, it's all of us. It's what we're doing. It's again, and I said this earlier, a lot of our network is unemployed. A lot of our friends are hurting. A lot of our franchise store owners are trying to figure out what to do next. Um, a lot of vendors are trying to figure out how they're going to get paid. Um, we all need to have patience and we all need to network because if we don't start supporting one another, um, you know, the negativity continues. And, and so I would just encourage everybody, pick up the phone, whip out your Rolodex, look at your LinkedIn and make the calls, get to know where your friends are or people that you haven't seen in a decade and, and, and start to connect because we need to support each other. I completely agree. Let's all be good partners. Thank you so much, Grant. I appreciate your time and what you shared today. This was quite insightful and uh, we will be hopefully uh, virtually seeing each other very soon. It. Sounds good to me. Thanks again for joining us today at Retail Recorded at Colliers International. Stay tuned for our next podcast. 